Hello and welcome everybody to a very special, I almost said Monday Night Magic, this is an MTG cast special because luckily um, Martin Pierce, who is the new PR contact Wizards of the Coast, is just as awesome as Jessica was before and we got our own exclusive Scars of Mirrodin spoiler card. So we actually have a full table here tonight, so let me just kind of run around and introduce everybody that's sitting around the table. So where I say to my left side, coming back from his tournament du jour trip around the world is Conley. Tournament du jour, that implies tournament of the day. You went to a lot of them. Well, so, so, you, so you played in more than one tournament on a, on a given day? I played in about eight weeks of tournaments. But did you play more than on, in one tournament on the same day? Uh, do money drafts count? I'm going to say, no, it's like a, a tournament. No, then I only played one tournament per day. Okay, then my statement still stands. Dang it! Thank you me. always win these. I do. I, I You don't realize how many notes I've written down for if you have an argument, I have the thought. Contingency plans. Fair enough. But yes, I'm back and more naked than ever. <laughs> and so we uh, kind of like, when we're going to go around the rest of the table, then I want you to tell us what you said just before the show about what is the number one thing people ask you about. But to they keep don't ask me, they just they just tell me about the baby powder. The ba- okay, good. They they don't. It's not a question. They're literally like, "Hey, enjoy the cast. You write awesome. Put up more videos." And I bought stock in baby powder because of you. <laughs> I like to have a question. It's a state. <laughs> I have yet to. I want. Uh, I've signed some strange things, but I want. Uh, I'm going to give a prize. I don't know what's going to be to the first person to bring up a thing of baby powder to me and have it signed by me. I don't know. I don't know what the prize will be. I'll think of it at the time. Maybe some packs or something. But oh, I've, signed, I've signed insurance cards. I've signed a box of cereal. I've signed some strange stuff, but never baby powder. Was it a good cereal? Like, like, uh, like it charms? Was actually, it was actually generic. Okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry. This has gone on long enough. No, Isn't no, no. Wait. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> what Conley doesn't know is what Jack knows is I'm actually going to be at GP Toronto. You can't bring it. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you can bring one. I'll sign it, but you're not getting a prize. I can hear yeah, you like being all void from our own contest there. I can hear the beam has his hands in his pockets, just like kicking the rock with the shoe. Like, oh man! So there, there's a new contest. First one to get me to sign a thing of baby powder. All right, and to my left, even though he's already talked, is the very calming and euphoric Eric. Oh, I, was, I thought you were gonna say rude, but uh. that that is that is me, a walking dichotomy. Yep, half beard, half man. It's he's gonna he's gonna take over. My beard Phil isn't Jackson. even all that large, man. My over. wife makes me trim it. He'll take over Phil Jackson's spot as the Zen Master as soon as he retires. Now, now, has your wife ever offered to trim your beard for you? No, she has complained uh, vigorously about my facial hair, and then when I shaved it off, uh, she said, "Yeah, you were right. You do look better with it." <laughs> She's like, "I don't like your upper lip. Grow that beard back." Yeah, so. So, Eric, who's to your left? Uh, to my left is the infamous Magic Whisperer, Jack. <laughs> One of these days, people are going to absolutely forget the first episode I was on, and I will be so happy. But, uh, yeah, hello, ladies. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and more ladies. It's good to be here. And But, you know, really, I'm probably not the most surprising person on the cast here. I mean, even though I've been glued to my computer more than I was probably the time I first discovered internet pornography. That's not the big deal here. The big deal is here. Uh, the big deal here is not only our spoiler card, but the fact that the Bimmy, the Bimmy, 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 like those big sunglasses. 
Spell it out, Jack. You can get there. Uh, <laughs> T H. Uh, there's so many syllables. It's to the left of me. So is so. it Beme or Beme? Just it's so Beme. All, Beme. Okay, it's that's what Beme. I thought. You, you got me really Beme scared. Beme, baby, baby. We're, oh, we're trying. We're gonna get Jack to tie his shoe tomorrow, so it'll be a pretty big ordeal. Well, Conley, and, and, like after that, I'll be able to walk, and I mean, I, I can almost fit in with society. Well, Conley and Eric, you guys missed it on the last podcast when Marcel and Jack were, were here with me and the, and the Mimi. Is we got one of the probably the one of the more hilarious hate mails I've gotten in a long time, where the the person directly threatened Marcel and then <laughs> referred to Jack's voice as sounding like crap and assuming his face also looked like crap. And it does look like crap. They're actually right on those. <laughs> oh, can we? I also can got... we do you have access to this email? Uh, yeah, it's, it's still it's on Jack's uh, Tumblr, I think, right? Yeah, actually, it is on my Tumblr. Hold I on, would like this. I would like this to be read out over the cast at, towards the end of the cast because I want to comment on it specifically. Okay, yeah, uh, I actually got it. I'll bring it up. I'll, I'll let Jack work on that. So we've made everybody wait long enough with our uh, Eric. Whoa. Eric is just... whoa, whoa, whoa to the beamies <laughs> left is Tom. Yes, Tom. I've never, I've never been introduced before. I know, but Tom's left is another Tom. I, I, I was just I've been struck dumb. Creator and fornicator of Monday Night Magic. Yeah, I'm throwing this thing around, you know, left and right. I'm I am now the Monday Night Magic pimp because I, so, like, I so I have a question here, Tom. Are there enough Jonas Brothers on your poster to cover all of your co-hosts tonight? No, because technically, because I'm replacing one of them with the terrible thing that I'm doing in this photo. But yeah, there's only three other Jonas Brothers on the poster. So now I'm actually looking at. I also have a. Sadly, when you adopt a cat from the Humane Society, you get this like little paper photo frame to put a picture of the pet in. Oh, so I have that on my wall. Wait, wait, which one of us is in there? Uh, I, I'm putting. I'm saying it's Eric actually, because yeah, my, I, I my cat so. looks like it has a beard. <laughs> okay, the cat looks like a wizard. <laughs> well, it looks like a wizard because it has like this because it's a super furry cat, so it has this huge like ruff that looks like a beard. When That's I start Man Tom, it's going to be called Super Furry Cat, just for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, I want to I want to give out one little tidbit about our card here to start off with. And that is, it has an ability that only sixteen other cards that are just the same color as this card have had in the past. So there, there's not a lot, not a lot there, not a lot in the in the past. So the ability is kind of new to the color pie for this for this color. So let me do is, guys, what we'll do is I'm just going to read it out, and then we'll then I'm just going to pass it off and we'll let everybody else discuss it. Because Whoa. I usually don't. What? Can you slow roll the last part of the card? Because up to that part, I was super excited about it, and so I want other people to be excited about it as much as I was. I'm still somewhat excited for this. I, it's a little exciting, but if that last sentence wasn't there, it'd be way more Oh, exciting. it'd be amazing. But then, yeah, this plus mine's a fast slow, slow one. Roll it. Just slow roll it a little bit for me. All right. I, I was I was going to use the uh, the sultry voice to use that one podcast, but that's what spawned this hate mail. So okay. Maybe I'm going to use it again. again. Yeah. So so guys, I'm going to get close to the microphone. We got. I'm going to try to pronounce this name. So we have, give me some more breathy breathiness. This is a pretty easy name to pronounce. Putrefax. Putrefax. Correct. You let me read this card or what? Putrefax. Punk. Have you guys seen the other guys? No. Gator wants his gat. So we got Putrefax. Three colorless, two green mana. It's a creature. It's you kind of faded, faded out yeah, there. Yeah, you're way away from the mic. Okay, how about now? You, you were so breathy that your breath actually controlled okay, everything you're saying. Future facts. Three colorless and two green. It's a creature horror. It has trample. It also has haste. This is what Eric is referring to. 
It also has the new amazing keyword infect, and it's a 5-3. There's also one additional line of text that Conley was referring to. At the beginning of your end step, sacrifice putrefax. Boo. I, well, I, it's still a five. It's it's a trample infect creature. Yeah, but it should with haste mana. It should cost like four mana, like five mana, five three. Like that's pretty bad for a rare to start with. And then you add in trample and haste. Sure, those are good. Infect's good, but remember, like in order to play this guy in constructed, you either need other good infect creatures, or he needs to be a good enough creature by himself. And because of the sacrifice part, he is not a good enough creature by himself to run as your only infect creature. So it sounds like, because you're looking at this from a constructive perspective. Like you're saying, this doesn't... I mean, said, this guy's not super exciting and limited either because he's a rare, and you can't really take him early unless you intend on forcing an infect archetype, and like that could end up very badly for you. I mean, let's compare him to some, some historical guys here, like Groundbreaker. For three green, you got six power of Trample Haste Sacrifice at the end of the turn. Uh, now, he only had one toughness, but really, when you're Trample Hasting, the toughness really doesn't matter now, does it? Yeah, I would be happy if this guy cost three mana and was a 5-1. Okay, I, I would give you that. That I do agree with. You almost don't care if it's a... Yeah, it, the toughness but, doesn't matter. I mean, the the poison... I, it, if, the, if he's unblocked, you've just t- effectively taken half of someone's life total away. Sure, but right. for five mana, that's what you should be doing in Constructed anyway. Like, five mana is a lot of mana to spend on something. Like, you're getting either, like, a Baneslayer Angel or this guy. And, like, I mean, just compared to all the other five mana cards that see Constructed play, and he just does not match up. Well, well you're also comparing, yeah. this is also a rare, not a mythic rare. Sure, but I don't think that matters too much. Like, I mean, I just I, feel like th- I feel like this guy should just stick around. Like, I mean, even if they had to make him a 5-1 that stuck around, like, then that'd be fine, but... The infect, as far as like killing a creature, really doesn't matter on this guy since he's only going to kill one creature, and that's what like a ball lightning would do anyway. Um, if they have to block, they have to block. So like he's killing one guy anyway. So like five mana for your green removal spell that you don't get to choose what creature dies. It's kind of lame. And like if he gets blocked by even like a land elf, like you're getting a four poison counters, but you just spent five mana on that effect. That's a lot of mana. And so far, like the infect creatures have all been cool, but they haven't been like out of this world. Build a deck around it. But even, like, if you say just four poison counters, that's still, you know, equivalent to eight damage. Eight damage for five mana would be acceptable. Kind of, but it has to be eight damage, and you have to play with all these subpar creatures that have infect, because you can't just, you can't, like, like, you're not attacking them with a Vengevine and a Putrefax in the same deck, because it just doesn't make sense. Uh, I'll grant you that. But I think the the interesting thing about the card is the fact that traditionally this has been a ball lightning effect, which has resided at. <laughs> sure, and I agree that uh, <clears throat> green getting a a haste guy's cool. Green has been the secondary color for haste, along with black. They both kind of get almost equally number equal numbers of haste. But uh, I do agree that that's cool on this guy. Um, Obviously, the guy would not do anything without haste, so it's required on him. But, like, even if he didn't have haste and the last part was gone, I still think that he would be, like, overall a better card. Like, a 5-3 that sticks around for a couple turns. I don't know. Like, I enjoy the haste part on him a lot. Um, I just wish that... I, I when I Seriously, when I was scrolling down through the card, I was like... I reached a point... So I looked at 5 mana. I was like, that's a lot. And then I 
saw the power toughness over to the right in the smaller version of the card. So it's like, oh, that's cool. And I scrolled down and got to the infect part, and I literally thought the card was done because to me that seems like about what you would pay for this effect. 5-3 trample haste infect for 5 mana, and you know that seemed about right. And then I kept scrolling down, and I saw the, the drawback, and I just really don't think this guy needs a drawback since, the, like, I don't know, maybe some crazy green poison dude will be previewed, but like this seems like he was supposed to be the crazy green poison dude, and he's just not that crazy. Right, like, what about for uh, Jack and the Baby? What do you guys think? Well, um, I I agree with Conley on it. Like, you, have to, you can't really look at this as a creature because of the drawback. You have to think of it more as a spell. Um, with that being said, I know a couple of guys who play a, like, casual reanimator type deck, and they're really looking forward to this thing because, like, you know, they can go buried alive on turn one with Dark Ritual, fetch this guy and a couple of his friends, and do two, like, uh, animate deads or whatever your preference is there on their next turn and, like, almost win the game. So, I mean, they're kind of excited about this. Um, I see a couple of casual applications for it, but, yeah, pretty much you have to really look at this as a spell. And when you treat it like that, it's all, it's really difficult to give this card a lot of credibility. It's definitely cool, but at the same time, I mean, like, why does it have to die at, the, at your end step? That's a little upsetting. I think flavorfully it fits, though. If you want to make like the flavor argument, yeah, I mean it does fit because I don't, you know, have I don't this, even know how it fits really flavor wise. Like, what about this card makes you think that you would lose at the end of turn? Like, he doesn't look like a frail guy by any means, and like poison counters by nature stick around forever, basically. So, like, what about this guy makes you think, oh, he clearly would die at the end of turn? Well, he's covered in boils. <laughs> yes, I agree. He's covered in. <laughs> Maybe he gets a. And what if what if instead of uh, at the end of turn sacrifice him, it was at the end of turn he gets a minus one minus one counter? Then like I would yeah, see, I, I could agree for that much more. Yeah, that's more flavorful. Wizards hire me <laughs> and let me play at the same time. This is just this is a straight liminal argument from Conley. You guys should hire me now. Okay, so Jack made a good point though. This is a spell basically. So if you look at it as a spell, three close green green sorcery target player gets five poison counters. Nobody's complaining about that. That'd be a fine card, but. If it was three colors, green, green, target player sacrifices a creature and gets two poison counters, that's not just that's just not a very good card. Like they get to choose any card they want to sacrifice. Also, the card would say this spell can be countered by Doom Blades, Lightning Bolts, uh, Condemns. Like I mean, it just it gets so much weaker when you can just do all these things and you're only getting in a maximum of five poison counters and you have to invest all this mana into a creature. Like I mean, like I said, hopefully there's a bunch of one, two mana, three mana. Um, guys that have infect the green, possibly black or whatever, and then this guy's kind of like your final blow guy. Um, but currently, he just without without other support cards in the set, he just looks very underwhelming. This look at the art that this would be the scariest creature ever to get the final blow from. I'm sorry, look That's at the mouth. Well, I uh, never fails, Tom. Never fails. And then not just that, like it would carry an infection too. So there's yes. no way you can get around that, no matter what kind of protection you're wielding. Even a like whisper silk cloak, you know, it's. All right, Beamy, focus, besides, focus, besides, people, come on. Beamy, besides syphilis, what do you think about this card? <laughs> well, honestly, the, when I first saw it, I did the same thing. I did the same thing everybody did. We read that first half of the card, and we got to the bottom, and I thought, if this would be, it for the if you're running an infect deck, which I, I you someone's going to be able to try to do it. If it was say four and a green, you could splash for it if you're running infect. But the fact is that it's two, and you can't use it splash, so you're going to have to stay green with this, and I don't see it. I see it fun for, like Jack said, about people that are going to do reanimator decks or 
um, just to have a, a quote kitchen table fun poison deck um, because you could actually technically slap this with the old snake enchantment that's three and a black and add uh, snake cult initiation. Deck. Yeah, you put that on there, and instead of it doing instead of it doing five, it'll do eight, and it'll kill the person next turn. But as far as anything serious, as far as constructed, I, there's I don't see it in constructed because unless you're running mono green, this isn't one card you want in the five slot for it. I think it's great for casual, and it could serve a small purpose in limited. But like like Conley said, it's it's more of a ball lightning. Why yeah, is it costing five? And this guy's mana cost like you can't. You can't expect to be able to giant growth this guy and get an extra damage. I think like you're not going to wait till turn seven or eight to be able to go like I got you with my might evokes. Like it's just not happening. Like I just feel like this guy's one line of text away from being like being playable. Either the last line being gone or him having something like if he becomes blocked, he gets plus two plus two until end of turn or something like that. Just like something little, just make him more of a actual like mana investment that you're happy with. Just because five up. five mana for three or four poison counters and killing their land or elf or their like think Wall of Omens is in the format like are you kidding me? Do you know how horrible this guy is against Wall of Omens? Congratulations! I spent five mana to give you a poison counter and lose your zero four that came with a free card. Like come but, on! But or, Wall of Omens has hasn't the stock in Wall of Omens gone down with with in fact the fact that you know you're going to have smaller creatures that are able to slam into it and and shrink it down to less no. than. I disagree. I think if, for instance, if you have a 1-1 infect black creature for one mana, I think Wall of Omen's stock goes up because black, or, like, white does not want to be wasting a Condemn that early on your 1-1. So, like, buy four turns with their Wall of Omen's and draw a card, that's awesome to me. Like, sure, your Wall of Omen's is getting weaker and getting weaker and weaker, but by turn four or five, he's going to be pretty much obsolete anyway, and that's about the time you want to cast a Day of Judgment. Like, buying three or four turns with a Wall of Omen seems insane to me. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll accept that argument. However, I, I'm probably going to end up being known as the guy who champions subpar cards because it seems like that's all I ever do on our on our cast now. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm not saying the guy's unplayable. I just wish that that last line was not there and he would be that much better. As is, he's the thing is, he's just not even a limited card. Like he's just he's just one of those rares. So I don't think people are going to want to open. And I could be proven wrong. There could be some insane, like I said, cheap okay. green and black. <laughs> Infect guys, but they currently don't exist. I think he is a borderline playable card, and this is my rationale for that. And it has nothing to do with the actual text on the card. Wizard sends us borderline playable cards. If you look at the cards that we've gotten to spoil, you know, in the, through the most recent sets, they have been the cards on the fringe of constructed playable. Well, I don't. I would only Eric in general. I'd say agree. The only one I would say went against that was Brumage Dragon. Dragon. That one was fantastic. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, but you have you know you have your your bestial menace, um, are uh, who is the the cryptologist? Uh, the cryptologist. Who, I mean, we bashed the cryptologist hard when we previewed it, and it's really a much better card than we gave it credit for. And I just have a feeling that this is going to end up the same way. I mean, we've only seen uh, five green cards from the set, not including this guy. And well, let's see, the two of them are rares. One of them's a mythic. One of them's an uncommon. So you know, there's it's very likely that you will find more support for this guy. Is, and is in, a, in a 
in a two-color deck or even with some of the other proliferate stuff, you know, being able to finish somebody off, you know, with a hasty, big, fat poison guy seems like it's, it's an ability that there, there's probably a fringe deck that's going to want. Now, I don't think that with Scars of Mirrodin that you're going to find this being your hyper-playable card. But I'm willing to bet in the next set that comes out, look for this to play a part in a deck that's coming out in that set. That's my bold prediction based upon our historical uh, uh, cards we've been we've been featured with. I like I, it. I, I accept your argument. I can't argue with it because we don't know what cards are going to be out. But ironically, of all the green cards you named, the best one is by far the common. <laughs> two, two rares, an, unco- or an uncommon, and a mythic, and the common is by far the best one of those green cards. Yeah, it's sort of like Werebear. Yeah, it's just a 4-4. I mean, the brigade's also good, but... Um, it's a little more top-heavy. So, Well, then you have the Chrome Seed now, which is the four mana that becomes a 4-4 four, four metal craft. That's an artifact, too. Yeah, Seems like the metal. The, the, oh, have you seen the... I don't know if they've been put on here. The uh, rumored uh, lands? Uh, no. No. Rumored, no buy. Rumored, not buying it. You're not buying it? No. I think they're fa- I, I think they're fair. All right, I will explain what the rumored lands are, at least, so that way Eric and I don't have a conversation to ourselves. Yeah, Basically, so, we're, so we're, we're we'll officially move off of future facts. You know, we, yeah. We've talked about it. Let's move on to some other cards. But again, we, we love getting previews. And so sweet art once again. So these lands, yeah, the art's really good. I'll give them that. Um, so the lands are artifact lands. They come to play untapped, and they tap for a colorless mana, and then they have metal craft, and they tap for either uh, allied color of their pair, so red, green, or blue, black, or whatever, with metal craft. Oh, so so the so the base ability would be a colorless mana. Then metalcraft, they would produce colored mana. They would produce colored allied mana, yeah. And and, and they're, a, they're an artifact land as well. They're, they're artifact lands, yes. So you need two other artifacts and play for them to work. Those would be. Hmm. I, I would just hope that they are commons or uncommons. If they make yeah, those sure, rares, I'm sure, be, I'm sure they would be uncommons. As they're there's rares, been, I'd be pissed. The rumor been two, I heard was rare. Well, they might be rare, but there's been a lot of rares spoiled so far. Like I would say, over half the cards we have are probably rare or mythic. So. Um, I'm sure somebody could do the math and figure it out. I would say the, and Kyle, you kind of brought up limited. It seems like if they really want to be pushing Melcraft, they would put into the uncommon slots. So at least there'd be some going on in a draft. Part of the reason why these were rumored to exist is someone did the math on one of the uh, artifact cards versus one of the last cards we knew, and there was five spots that would line up for artifact lands in that spot. So someone, by crunching the numbers, said that they they'd fit in the spoiler in that spot in the well, rare slot. To be fair, there's also, um, I forget who wrote the article, maybe Kelly Diggs, somebody like that that wrote an article with a piece of artwork that said it is a non-artifact, non-spell, non-creature art, so implying land. Um, I can't remember who, I would look it up, but I'm lazy and could probably couldn't find it in time. But they put some artwork up that looks like a land art, and they said that it doesn't come on a spell or a creature, so implying Evan, some type of land. Yeah, Evan Irwin was the one who cited that on Twitter. And, yeah, he, uh, he probably cited it, I'm sure. Yeah, and, and I, yeah, I... I will not buy it until I see it. I think artifact lands were the problem with were the, were the major problem with affinity to begin with, and uh, I agree. But there craft, is no there is no affinity in this format in this set. There's metalcraft only, and they've already printed some cards that are basically better at fighting art. Like the uh, I don't know if this one got officially spoiled. The three three for four that blows up an artifact comes into play. He's just like a super Viridian shaman type card. He's red. yeah, that's been spoiled. Yeah, I know he's been spoiled on the the forums, I don't, but he hasn't been officially put up yet. But um, 
don't know. I feel like um, they have taken artifact, like Nature's Claim, still in the format, for example. Um, Naturalized is obviously still in the format. Um, I'm sure they'll have some type of shatter effect. I feel like Affinity could have been kept in check had they had they known about it in printed cards to deal with the artifacts. Um, or, like, you know, some type of uh, no rod type effect or whatever. And I think the uh, artifacts that Mirrodin, the previous Mirrodin had, wouldn't have been as dominant as they were. I think the reason that it was so dominant is that they undervalued what Affinity actually was and what um, uh, Modular was. But at this time, I think they know exactly what they're working with. That's why a card like Mox Opal is legendary, for instance, because they know that if it wasn't legendary, it would be way too powerful. Which is so, I mean, part of the reason why I think that they're not going to print lands that are artifact lands. I just... I, I don't know. I could be wrong. I mean, they tried to print... I mean, Mark Rosewater wrote in his article that they he tried to put Affinity in, and that they the reason why they ended up not doing it is because of the bad you know the bad association people have with it not because the fact that they didn't think they could make it work but because they thought it would be bad pr fair enough i mean um it seems like they're pushing a lot more of the the weaker cards from mirrodin as like the for instance mirrors mirrors were very pretty much weak in in mirrodin they were just mana makers and in this set they kind of have like a pretty dominant theme so far mm-hmm. so i mean I don't know. I feel like uh, I feel like they know what they're doing. For instance, tempered steel being white, white instead of like two colors and a white makes the card um, less playable in an artifact based deck. Um, I don't know. I, I I feel like they could easily print those type of artifact lands and them and get away with it because they know what they're doing more these days than they did eight years ago or whatever. Yeah, but I mean, here here's the they're always going to try to live on the edge because I mean, face it, if they're living on the edge, that's what makes it entertaining for the rest of us. Having yeah, things that are to. almost bro- broken is what makes things things fun. The problem is historically, every time they do an artifact set, they get it wrong. Um I, well, I mean, yes to an extent, but I think that there's smart people in R&D and I feel like while they would "Quote unquote, get it wrong for older sets. I think they they're fine with that. I think they're fine with legacy and vintage getting more getting stronger because of an artifact set. So long as standard and now extended, which doesn't have nearly as many cards to interact with, um, don't get completely busted by the artifact set. I mean, sure they could have a deck or two. That's fine. But I mean, like, how much more broken would you know this type of deck be over something like Jun, which abused Cascade, which was just an insane mechanic? Like, it's not like artifact mechanics are the only ones that could be insane." Um, fairies, for instance, was a tribal mechanic, and nobody enjoyed fairies. Like, I feel like we've been weaned onto the idea of a powerful but not completely broken mechanic that we could deal with. Something like artifacts, which is so linear that if you do want to beat artifacts, you definitely can. Whereas people that wanted to beat fairies still couldn't beat fairies unless you played mono red. People that wanted to beat Jund had no way of beating Jund. Artifacts are definitely a beatable strategy if you want to do so. Uh, sell that to the last mirror to block. Well, I agree, but they didn't print enough good. I mean, there's they even they've only previewed one or two cards that actually blow up artifacts so far. And there's even with those out of the picture, there are cards currently in existence that have been printed over the last few sets that are so good at blowing up artifacts and enchantments in this case that I think you know will be fine. Like a card like Nature's Claim, like you don't care about giving your opponent four life, but the ability to blow up a Tempered Steel or a Memnite or whatever card you're, you're thinking of, like that's a pretty huge ability for one mana. It's like Oxidize Plus in this case. And, I mean, we, like I said, we have naturalized effects. We have 
um, you know, Terastodons in the format if you want to use it. I mean, there's other powerful strategies like Mass Polymorph that could probably race it, whereas Tooth and Nail had a little bit of trouble racing it. Um, it just seems like like we'd be fine in the current standard format dealing with artifacts. I don't know. We'll see. Time will tell when the set's fully spoiled. Eric and I could battle it out at that point. But and, and also, if, if you're looking at the perspective of them of wanting to sell packs, is that if they put artifact lands in there, that is going to sell packs. Because that would make me even more excited for the set. It's true. Am yeah. I the only one that thinks that Shatterstorm isn't going to make a comeback? I don't think Shatterstorm <laughs> will make a comeback, but there there could be like a... a there's already Sunblast Angel, for instance, so they could easily do something like that for artifacts. Sunblast yeah. Angel is awesome, by the way. <laughs> Will they give White Disenchant? Um, I mean, they already have Solemn Offering, so they could give it Disenchant, but I don't know. They'd probably give it something something yeah, else. Like, I mean, Solemn Offering is a pretty good card. Like, three mana to blow something up and gain four life is a pretty... I mean, it's a decent card altogether. Yeah. And, and kind of like you guys said, we've seen mostly rares and mythics, so we're going to start getting more of the commons and uncommons, and we're probably going to see more and more artifact kill coming out of this set. Yeah, I'm oh, sure. Definitely. And, like, for instance, uh, the the Stoic Rebuttal, the Counterspell with Metalcraft, like, I, I think that card's pretty good, and it showcases uh, a different type of Metalcraft strategy. Like, yes, um, Mirrodin had, what was it called? Assert Authority, I think it was. Yeah, it was like two blue and five, I think. It, yeah, and it had Affinity. Like, that card was just way worse. Like, this card, you could actually just hardcast it, and then if you and you get Cancel, <laughs> they 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 finally got us maybe to play Cancel, because I'll play this Cancel. But uh, at two mana, the card's just, like, way better. And if they if they don't have something like Artifact Lands, you can't play this in a non-dedicated Metalcraft strategy. So, yeah, so, so now you get eight Seed of the Synod. To put in your deck to be able to cast your counter spell to back up your aggressive, your but aggressive you don't really get eight seed the sign out because on turns one through two through three you have a thing attached for colorless mana you can't can't cast your turn two um, counter spell. That's fine because on turns one two and three you're casting your quick attacking guys and then you're protecting your lead after that. I mean yes you're attacking your quick protect your quick attacking guys but there's still Zrathagon in the format. Like, I don't know, I'm not so, too worried so about... so long as you're active on turn four, you're good. I, I don't know, I'm not too worried about being beaten down by four fours for two when we've had that in the format for two years, and, like, it doesn't need any help. Like, when you have a Putra Legion play, that, I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'll admit, I'm playing Chicken Little on this. I mean, you know, I, I, I do trust Wizards and R&D to get it right, but, I mean, this is, if it could go wrong, this is how it would go wrong. I agree. There are there's plenty of room for error here, and that's why I'm not. That's why the artifact lands have not been put on the official spoiler or anything like that. But at the same time, I think those ones are fair enough, um, and there are enough dual lands already in in this in standard that they're not going to just like go into every deck or anything like that. So I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Like I said, time will tell. We really can't. I mean, this is a completely rumor speculation, so there's really no winner here. Um, How would you think that those lands would affect um, the eternal formats? I mean, they definitely would affect the eternal formats. They would go in this, like, Affinity's already getting a boost with cards like Memnite and with cards um, like the Mox Opal and other cards like that, like for Legacy or Vintage. And that's fine because Affinity's basically an unplayable deck in those two formats, so making that playable is 100% fine in my opinion. Um, Mox Opal might see some play in some, like, it'll definitely see play in five-color stacks lists, but it probably won't see play in too many other Vintage-type sets. But Artifact Lance, I mean, you really have to play them in specific strategies. You can't just be like, I'm going to play my Perfect Storm deck and have two Artifact Lands in the deck. Because if you don't have two Moxes out when you play it, then you just have a land that taps for colorless mana and gets Wastelanded. Like, 
Um, I mean, with dual lands being already being in those sets, I don't think the artifact lands matter too much outside of dedicated artifact strategies, which currently don't exist. So putting new decks in formats that could always use new decks is 100% fine by me. All right. Should we should we kind of go through and let everybody maybe pick out like one or one card or two to point out that's either new or kindly you can go through a couple of your picks. Since since for our short podcast we're well over thirty minutes, which is always awesome. <laughs> it's because I'm back and I talk so long. I apologize. So, I'm, I'm gonna, so we're gonna hand yeah, you. I the can't time. help but argue with him. It's just too much fun. I just like listening to you two go at it. It's just, yeah, yeah, two like, billy goats it's like really fighting, headbutting each other just over and over again. Yeah, yeah, I swear, a perfectly logical point, and then Eric slams back with another perfectly logical point, and it just goes back and back and back, and it's like watching your favorite pro wrestlers. It's like Ben Franklin arguing against like Robo Ben Franklin, and neither <laughs> one connects. Yeah. Well, Robo Ben Franklin clearly couldn't grow facial hair, so I have to be him, and Eric's real Ben Franklin. Yeah, there's pros and cons of being Robo Ben Franklin, real Ben Franklin. I always know? get I always get an erection even when I'm 60. Beat that, Eric. <laughs> I have to say that being compared to the real Ben Franklin is probably the most the, 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 is probably the best comparison that has ever been made for me on this show. Well, so he's he's, he's bask in the glow. He is my role model. If you could meet somebody from history, he is my pick without a doubt. Yeah, I, I, I'm good. That's great. Uh, let's let's have the the Bemi the Beamy come in with a card. Is he still with us? Oh no, no, guys, it's Jack. I'm in the exact same boat you are. When you have two people going on a conversation, kind of like what happened with with uh, with when you were on our podcast, you let them go. You don't <laughs> stop and interrupt it. That's <laughs> like saying you, you might get bitten. Well, no, it's like it's like if you're watching a good boxing match and they're fighting like heck through the round, the last thing you want is that bell to go off. You don't want the round to stop. You just want them to keep going until the last man's standing. Right. And that would be like the worst thing I would want to have happen right now. Now, the question is, is when you ask about a card, are we looking at this for what version of card are you looking for? Are you looking for one that would fit in standard? Are you looking for your choice? This is what you like. Like I'm calling dibs. If anybody says necrotic ooze, you don't get your T-shirt. So (laughs) I could I could use it. I could say it then. Suck it. (laughs) Just pick a card that you like. Yeah, like I'm going to be going for more of a multiplayer EDH card, just wherever you like, and just say why. Well, I will tell you this because I am I am fascinated with uh, making uh, lots of creatures come out at the same time, and the one that I find fascinating that will never work in anything outside of fun deck is Liege of the Tangle. Uh, six and two green, eight, eight trample, and whenever it deals damage, you can turn all those lands into eight, eight green elemental creatures. <laughs> That's awesome. Roar. It, it it has no play in anything. It may be maybe unlimited. Maybe if you pick him up like when you're doing a sealed and he's happens to be one of the rares and you're in green. But he would never see constructive play because A he costs too much. Uh and I just think he's I think he's a lot of fun. I think the person that's sitting there with his buddies playing with it to be able to turn all his lands into 8-8 and you're staring at him going, okay, next round he's swinging for potentially 72. Can, can I throw in a limited tidbit that I have? Because uh, we, we have – so every Grand Prix for the rest of the year is Scars Limited, Scars Sealed. Um, so it will be a huge uh, – I think PTQs obviously are too, will be Scars Sealed. But I think it'll have a huge impact on competitive play. And while this card might not seem like the type of card you just want to pick up and draft, um, with the mana mirrors being common, 
Um, and them not just, I mean, they go into decks, they're one ones for two, but if you can pick up like enough of those guys, and I'm sure they'll have some type of random rampant growth effect in the set, because they don't have it in almost every set these days, um, as well as any type of signet effect that's not a mirror, like a, an ever-flowing chalice effect, which very well could be in the set as well. Um, having this guy as a curve topper in like a green ramp deck is quite good, like, Back in Mirrodin, for instance, you could be the artifact deck, and it was very fast, but it was also very susceptible to shatter effects and things like that. And I think it'll be the same same type of uh, deal in this format. But then you also had the deck that, like, literally tried playing One Dozen Eyes and tried playing Fangren Hunters, and, like, that deck was quite good. Like, a 4-4 Trample for 5 mana was surprisingly strong in that format just because he wasn't an artifact, and he was able to trample over all your opponent's little dorky mirrors. Plus, there was equipment in the format, so having anything with Trample is a pretty big deal. And so this guy being an 8-8 trample for 8, if he hits once, the game's literally just over. So I wouldn't just write him off just yet in draft. He won't be, like, a legitimate just slam down bomb or anything like that. But there will definitely be decks that make him work. I mean, I played Terastodon in um, in Limited, and he was completely fine. So, so what okay. you're talking about is this would be, like, a sideboard card, maybe? Like, if you build a deck, and then you see your your match might go a little longer, that you'd bring him in well, I mean, on that the would, second round? That would definitely... If he wasn't your sideboard, but I'm not even saying he has to be a sideboard card. Like if you pick up three or four mana mana producers and you okay. can get this guy out on turn six or seven reliably, like that's not too far into the game if you have enough removal or enough chump blockers or anything like that. So I mean, yes, he's slow. He'll be 100 percent fine in in sealed, by the way, because you'll almost always open up a pool with at least three mana mirrors just because you get six packs and they're common and you can get two of them in the same pack and everything. Like it would be very rare to not get three mana dorks. And like I said, there'll probably be a rampant growth effect, and this guy will probably end up being a lot better than people realize. Um, they're just looking at him like, oh, how are you going to cast an 8 mana guy in a quick artifact set? But in reality, like, your opponent's decks don't necessarily automatically just work. Like, yes, they have a 4-4 four, four for 2 if they have 3 artifacts out, but if they don't have that out, they have a random bear dork, and you have things that are going to be blowing up their artifacts, um, things that are going to be blowing up creatures, obviously. So, I mean, I just wouldn't write him off yet. He, I think, will end up being better than people are giving him credit for. That makes you feel good. Somewhere Thanks. Jamie Wakefield is really happy. <laughs> yeah, Duke Fessler. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right, so uh, Jack, I think you're next up. To talk about the BDSM football for, like, forever. Oh, my God, this card is so exciting. Um, Ratchet Bomb, it's an artifact. It costs two. Uh, tap, put a charge counter on Ratchet Bomb. Tap, sack Ratchet Bomb. Destroy each non-land permanent with converted mana cost equal to the number of charge counters on Ratchet Bomb. Powder Keg not only is back, but it's better than ever. This thing is amazing. And, like, I don't really pay uh, standard much attention anymore, but I just looked at this card and I knew immediately it was just going to screw things over for so many people. Oh, wait, you have a bunch of little white weenie tokens out. That's okay. Your shit's getting clanked with Ratchet Bomb. Oh, you have a bunch of Planeswalkers out. That's fine. Clank, clank, clank. And then everything blows up. This card is so amazing. I'm so excited about this. And and I and I like the synergy with it putting charge counters on itself, and then of course with proliferate. Oh, yeah. There's lots of ways to yeah, and kind of change like, those without just having a casual perspective as well, and not just proliferate. All the other ways you can cheat charge counters on there, like energy chamber and stuff like that. And I mean, I, I always get excited when I have a recurrable destruction spell with Academy Ruins. So yeah, this thing's great. I mean, it, it's for the first time in a while, I'm actually going to try very hard to get a play this set of something the weekend a set comes out. And and just just for you, Jax, I know you're t- typing out on this on your Twitter feed like a madman. Is that you can pre-order it right now from? I'm looking at Channel Fireball. Is yeah, I mean that's, that's really cheap so under for 10 how amazing this thing is going to be. And I I know I'm probably like blown it out of proportion, but no, this is an exciting card. 
I like it. S- speaking of Channel Fireball, Tom, is there anything else you'd like to mention about such said site? Yes, and big part of this is a thank you to Conley. Is uh, been talking through email and actually even on the phone, which two thumbs up for that. Uh, with Channel Fireball and this podcast, our little special preview one, and then also Monday Night Magic every week will be showing up Yay. on Channel Fireball. So two thumbs up. So you're gonna have to change your intro, Yay. Tom. That's what this means. It means more work for you. Yeah, uh, it actually well, is really annoying off. when I have to change. Gonna be the staying intro. on MTG Cast only. Every other site's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because Tom, Tom's not willing to re-record at 20 oh, seconds. Yeah, Tom, fine, I'll do it. Because, Tom, you clearly don't want to go somewhere that gets absolutely a ton of traffic and would have more people downloading the podcast. We possibly wouldn't want that. That would not do us any good. No. Yeah. Well, and we were talking before the show. Is this, you know, you know, I was kind of chatting with Conley, and he, he set me up with the, the right email people there to talk to. Was, everybody was just been super friendly. It was a really, you know, I got a call on the phone, you're chatting, you know, this is a cool here, guy. Man. Just two thumbs up. We we're not. Yeah. Well, I was kind of wondering if they hired you. you so you're like, writing's on the 50 words on, on Ratchet Bomb. The, the part is basically engineering. So, like, engineering explosives when it was in standard was fine, but never as good as it was in extended or older formats because everything's converted mana cost was so much cheaper. Mm-hmm. But this card is an energy. Or an engineer explosives that could see play in every deck, and uh, the fact that it blows up planeswalkers is a huge bonus. Um, so I would definitely expect this card to see some play and to see plenty of pithing needles naming ratchet bombs in standard. <laughs> I'm that could- so excited yes. about this! But couldn't this card in Legacy really blow up some of those really fast, like the Merfolk decks, where they're one, two, three well, casting cost spells? You have, this card is pernicious, deed in Legacy. Like you're talking about a card that, yes, it blows up. Um, the Merfolk decks, but also you can get it down before your opponent gets a counterbalance down, and then get it to two and leave it there. And then what are they going to do? So right. it has it has uses in multiple. I mean, you can blow up dreadnoughts with it. You can blow up uh, you know stupid guys that are going to get natural ordered or whatever. Like uh, this card will definitely see play in every single format. Um, Powder keg half the time in vintage anyway blows up moxes at zero. So this card's just cheaper because you just play it and blow it up right away. So that was going to be my next question is, I mean, I think this thing's going to be great for Vintage in a very bad way. Yeah, I mean, it'll definitely be awesome. It'll blow up Bobs and Tarmogoyfs and Welders and Moxin. And, I mean, this card will see play in every format, guaranteed. Don't forget, when you go ahead and set it off and, at and zero, I think a lot not only does it take care of your Moxin, uh, but it also takes care of all your tokens. And Chalice of the Voids, that's a huge one to get rid of. And Everflowing Chalice. Yes, and, yeah, and I think a lot of people are just excited to have a. It's a rare, but it's a colorless way to deal with planes. And remember, I think a lot of players are have been waiting for that. They used to be rares rarely get over. Obviously, I had to use rares rarely. Rares rarely get over ten dollars these days because of the mythics being around. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you could you could have said rares uncommon I mean, over rare to get like $10. over ten dollars. Fauna Shaman is really the last, yeah. uh, the only rare in the last few sets that's been anywhere near the ten dollar mark, just because mythics steal the thunder so much and are so top heavy as far as price is concerned. So like this card will probably end up being a five dollar card, which is awesome. Yeah, but so you yeah. can actually get a play set. But Conley, there's no vintage, major vintage legacy until next season, correct? Um, correct. I'm sure um, some sites that. Uh, we have not mentioned on the show already. We'll probably have a legacy series, um, as well as the fact that there's. I mean, there is the Waterbury, uh, which is a vintage tournament. Um, I'm not sure the exact dates on that. It's actually probably the largest vintage tournament in the country. Um, it ha- It's basically two days. Um, they give away two full sets of Power Nine, um, and there's two different tournaments, and it's pretty crazy. It's out on the East Coast, 
Um, I'm not sure the exact dates on that. I will look it up for Monday and give you guys more info yeah. there. Yeah, I'll 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 I'll, I'll give a shout out to to the the, the other sites here because uh, I, I've been hosted on on some of their airwaves and whatnot. So StarCityGames.com open series legacy stuff is is where you're going to see probably these in their first in their first use uh, use, and that series is coming to a close um, right before Worlds, and then. Also taking into consideration that um, the TCG player um, events are going to be uh, sealed events. Uh, I believe they're going to be sealed, uh, sealed and then draft on the second day of that, so standard on the first day, and then sealed and so forth on the second day. So you've got you know their big series of events going on. And check out their page because there are definitely qualifier events going on this weekend. Uh, I know Illinois is supposed to have one somewhere, so that probably means Chicago. Um, but there's multiple sites, so go check them out as well. Yeah. And I got an email actually from a, a listener about another legacy tournament that's coming up on October 9th. That's in it's being held by Jupiter Games or in Vestal, New York. And it says it's going to be a legacy format. You can win a Lotus Mox, and also it's a Northeast Legacy mm-hmm. Champs qualifier. So another well, the only potentially reason why I'm legacy is, tournament. Is I'm looking at the area. price of it, and I'm trying to determine when would be a you know outside of the initial push on it. You know when it when will it go back down to five? You know what I'm saying? What, what, what is that right now? Ten. No, it was nine. Well, look at Channel Fireball. It's nine ninety. I mean, that's not that's so not ten dollars. Um, you know, you could probably after the first two weeks get it for I would say eight dollars, and then as more and more of them. Remember, this is as far as we know, this set will be um, one, two, three booster draft style. So it'll be traditional where we open the first set, we play with it a bunch. Then the second set comes out, we're still opening two packs of the first set and playing with it a bunch. Then the third set comes out, we're still opening one pack of the first set and open and playing with it a bunch. So. By the end of the the actual block being out, we will have opened tons and tons of packs of the set, so no one card will be worth that much money. So that's one thing to keep. In mind. <laughs> okay, because I'm just looking at it for you know for the average person out there that's looking to buy them. What you know you because you want to you you see all the cards now that come out and the price on them. I mean, like what what costs now fifty bucks? It's like well, yeah, and he should not be. Cost costs too much. Cost costs too much. This is what I wanted to hear. Conley cough, on cough. cough. This is why he's been having so much cough syrup before. Are you, making fun, about. Are you making fun of my cough assessment, Eric? No, I was pretty, I'm not, I was pretty adamant on Twitter about it. it. You were. I followed this argument on Twitter, and it is the most humorous thing in the world. You have some people saying this guy is better than Jace the Mind Sculptor. Not only better, he's going to be banned. They say he's going to be banned. No, that's ridiculous. Yes, that's, well, they, that, that's nice. Now, in their defense, they say, you know, he's a pro. They didn't want to hedge their bets on the price because of the possibility of him being banned, which is an offhanded way of saying, I don't necessarily think he's going to be banned, but there's always a little possibility hanging it out there, which I also agree he is not going to be banned. Don't, don't, remember, everyone, don't buy Sacred Wolves at 25 cents now because they might be banned in the future. <laughs> yeah, same with yeah, same with my well, necrotic ooze you're talking about. I mean, yeah, it's, go Tom yes. before we get into cost uh what's a what's a pun cost, for it? Uh, no but uh, uh argument a uh, I'll think of something. Continue, Tom. Yeah, so I'm just gonna read the card that clearly was made for me. And this is why I actually wanted to look up who the development team was for Scars and Myriad. So I just want to say thank you to Mark Rosewater, Mark Gottlieb, Alexis Jansen, Eric Lauer, Matt, P- Matt Place, Mark Globus, Ice. and Nate. 
Heiss? Hess? He, he lives in Denver, and he Heiss. will be at Heiss. the Denver Heiss. pre-release Heiss. along with Mike Turian. Uh, so there's the name drop. Go ahead. There you go. Th- <laughs> thank you. So Necrotic Ooze, two colorless and two black. It's a creature ooze, if you couldn't guess. It's a rare. It's a 4-3, so already a 4 for a 4-3. I'm waiting for a drawback because these are oozes. I have some major you know, Hopefully maybe some sort done. of you know cumulative upkeep. Okay. No, that's his way of telling you there's no spoilers way of telling me to read out, text? and he's yeah, trying to... specifically the dual lands. Oh! oh who who oh, got this? Oh, yeah. so, I, I just want to point so it out, this is correct. me doing on-the-front-line reporting right here. So, uh, yep, yep, yep. You can thank me later. I, I've, I've been trying, but literally daily MTG so will load soul. for me. That's how backed up it is. Go ahead, Tom. Shut up, children. As long as Necrotic Ooze is on the battlefield, it has all activated abilities of all creature cards in all graveyards. So all multiplayer groups have just kind of grabbed their foreheads in pain going, oh, if you ask me what's in my graveyard again, I'm going to kill you. And my question, Tom, how does this interact with Kraj? Well, he would gain the activated ability, which is tap to put the counter on, but he would not get the, I guess we call it the static ability of him gaining the abilities of creatures with token so or counters what, on what them. If, yeah, what if you you put a if if you crash this guy. So oh, he's only activated abilities so those are not okay. Oh, but okay, so like yeah. a magic online like it goes ahead and types off all the abilities onto the card or whatever. It it probably would. So my question is does that does that mean <laughs> that, that would be cool just like it just it would just yeah, be like so my minute be, does he get any activated abilities that those guys that the creatures that the creatures in the graveyards have? Because the 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 Uzi well, has yes. now the necrotic ooze has a plus one plus one counter on it from Kraj, and now does he copy all of the activated abilities that the necrotic ooze is copying? That that would be my question. I would think yes, because because then because Kraj will gain all the abilities of that creature that has the counter on it. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, anybody I'm, can I disagree. I would say because I'm looking should. at Hand of the Praetors, and this is a card. With infect that is properly costed. <laughs> all right, all right. Let me read. Let me read mm-hmm. theoretically a card to you guys, and you tell me how much it should cost. This is not an artifact land. This is not an artifact land. This is a creature <laughs> zombie. It has infect. It is a three-two. It says other creatures you control with infect get plus one plus one, and whenever you cast a creature spell with infect, target oh. player gets a poison counter, and it's a black creature. How much converted mana cost does this guy have? Four mana, I'd correct, say two Tom. Black, Good two job. Colors. He has three colors and a black. So he's even cheaper than what you said. He ah. a 3-2 with Infect, which is already good. He gives other Infect creatures plus one, plus one, and he gives Poison counters whenever you cast a spell. Compare this to our preview card, and you'll see why I thought it was a little overcosted and or should not have had that last line. And this guy gets, This guy, at just Infect and other creatures you control with Infect get plus one, plus one, would be perfectly playable. And then they tag on a bonus of when you cast creature spells, you just kill them, so he never even has to attack. Like that's pretty sick. Well, and it's a that is a night. It's a rare, but yeah, that's it. It, it reminds me a lot yeah, he's like, of he, like he's undead war. He's a super. He's an undead war. In the end, it's three a three two and two. Like that's the thing. And he's got some really strange art with the vulture yeah. coming out of a skull. And, it's, yeah, it's, it's like a vulture. Yeah, like a vulture okay, head. Jack, yeah. where is this breaking artifact uh, news? He didn't say. He didn't about. say artifact lands. He said dual lands. To be fair. Right. Let, who wants to hear about some subpar dual lands? I know I do. All they're, right. Well, I'm just gonna go ahead. No, that's fine. They're, I wouldn't say they're subpar. They're just not really rare, rare worthy at this. this yeah, 
Definitely. So I'm going to read these to you, and uh, I'm just going to keep my comments canned, and I'd much rather hear what you guys have to say. Copperland, Copperline Gorge. This is the red-green one. Copperline Gorge enters the battlefield tapped unless you control two or fewer other lands. Tap at red or green. So basically, if this is your first, second, or third land drop, you get a dual, or you get a taiga that cannot be fetched. If it is your fourth land drop, you get a land that comes into play tapped. Yep. You get a whip. Oh, exactly. they're rare, it seems like Tom, these should be uncommon. These are, I mean, these really feel like... Hey, yeah, but I mean, this, I feel like salt marks. Like, like, um, 10th edition, we got the... <laughs> it's just kind of true, sadly. Remember, yeah. though, these these are... The, the one thing that going yeah. for these is that these are pretty insane in aggro decks that really want to have, like, the option of a turn one elite vanguard or uh, noble hierarch. I guess that's a good one to pick. Or birds and snow hierarchs go, you know, whatever. Like, th- these are better in, the, in that type of deck than a sun petal grove is. Um, so it's kind of cool that they gave other archetypes that weren't that weren't control decks uh, dual lands. And these are actually still fine in control decks because you can have your turn two counterspell up and then later on in the game when you really don't care if you have four or five mana available you can put into play tapped or play your Sun Petal Grove. So they're kind of a nice uh, balance to those cards, I guess. And I, mean, yeah, I'm not, I, I'm I still I feel they should have been on comments. I, yeah, if no, these were artifact I mean, lands, nice they should be They're going to be $3 cards, cards or, or, or thereabouts probably. I mean... $5 cards, maybe tops, which is fine. I mean, they're going to be lands that you're going to be there. I think the most the most important thing about these lands is the fact that their type line does not also contain the word artifact. And I think that if they had that, it would have been wrong. So, so are we officially saying now that we've seen this cycle of lands, number, the artifact lands crunch, are not only there? Five lands, is, so apparently not. Also, okay. a quick tally so far, there have been three cards that blow up artifacts spoiled so far. One of them is common. It's Sil- Silvok Replica, uh, which technically anybody can play, but only green decks can get the benefits of. And the other two are uncommon. Both cost four mana. There's the Splinter Twain, or whatever it's called. What's it called? It's called Spice and Twain. Oh, a sp- 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 and then, yeah, Splice and Twain, and then the red A hundred cards spoiled. There was already three cards that blow up artifacts specifically. And then, of course, cards like Skin Render and you know, random infect guys that kill that kill artifact creatures, plus things like um, the powder keg and steel overseer and all those things. But like three specifically destroy target artifact cards. So I'm sure there'll be by the end of it six or seven of them. At converted mana cost of three or more, four or more. Uh, and I think the rest of them will probably be cheaper. Like there'll probably be a um, like yeah, I mean, of- they're definitely going to need some cheaper to combat. Although, if they don't think they've pushed artifacts as hard as they have in the past, they might not go as much cheap artifact destruction. But they also have cards like Indomitable Angel- Archangel, which is one of the cards I would have talked about if I would have had time to talk about things. That I think that card is absolutely bonkers, and it's like what Leonin, uh, what was his name? The two Abunus. F- yeah, Leonin Abunus wanted to be. Like a 4-4 flyer for four that gives all your artifacts shroud as long as you control three of them. That card's pretty nuts. Um, and makes cheap artifact removal good, whereas expensive artifact removal gets weaker because by the time you draw it or can cast it or whatever, maybe they just their guys have shroud. So um, definitely some stuff to keep in mind. Overall, like the set's pretty sick. Glint Hawk is another card, for instance, that makes you want to have cheap artifact removal because uh, if you are blowing up their artifact in response to them casting their two two for one, it's much better for you. Over under three cards <laughs> in the set with converted mana cost two or less that destroy artifacts. Um, 
I would go under. I would say there'll probably be two of them. Well, specifically artifacts, because like I said, like the powder keg obviously blows up artifacts and costs less than two. Yeah, specifically or, artifacts. Uh, I would say probably two, and then there'll probably be two more that cost three. One of which is already spoiled. So I would say three additional cards that cost three or less that blow up an artifact specifically. Um, and then there'll probably be one or two bigger ones, like at six mana, that blow up multiple artifacts. True or false, Terror will be in the set. They're not going to print Terror after printing Blade for the last two core sets and saying that like they want to be wanted to be able to blow up artifacts. Yeah. So that'd be, that'd be a card saying it only not only that, a lot but, well, I mean, a they printed, of the creatures in They the printed set. Terror and Mirrodin, but they also are trying to push regeneration, so uh, terror, point. terror being back would be like, oh, we're actually just lying to you. All right, guys, we are coming up to the end of the show. Is there any last things you want to say about any of the cards uh, before we wrap this up? Because I'm going to Old Chicago. That's why I'm trying to end the show, because I'm going to Old Chicago. I have to get my two ninety nine mini pizza. The set's going to be very, very strong, and I think it's going to be very broken in a sense. So you guys really need to get out your pre-releases and releases when they start at the end of the month. I'm just looking forward to saying shock you. Wait, wait, wait. Let me count. One, two, three. Flame jab on you instead. I just want to say that. Yeah, okay, I I mentioned this card, and everybody was not as excited as I was. Galvanic I can't remember its name, but the... the Super super Shock. shock Super Shock. Super Shock, right? There is no such thing as just Shock anymore. They all have bonuses. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one that we're for no extra mana. I know, but like, like, we have Tarfire, we have... Burst lightning. Burst lightning. Like, the shock just is obsolete now, especially since they've been printing lightning bolt. Like, we thought shock was going to be as good as it got, and then they printed lightning bolt, and then they're like, oh, I guess we could print better shocks these days. But, like, compare this to, uh, uh, what was the name of it? The red deal two damage to our creature or four damage to an artifact creature from Mirrodin. Yeah, compare it to that. And, like, oh, ele- electrostatic pretty, bolt. Pretty insane and limited. So good. Well, guys, thank you for joining us. I mean, we uh, we pretty much uh, bragged and just beat the crap out of our no, I mean, card, I, but it's good like getting one. It was fun. <laughs> uh, Eric, I'll sell you all mine right now, blind for two dollars a piece. Every single what? one I ever acquire, two dollars a piece up front, and then we'll just make the deal. And then every single one I acquire, I'll give you for two dollars. Now, to Eric's credit, uh, what was it? Frost Titan was a little bit better than we thought it was going to be. No, that fair, fair. That was better, but I'm I'm making him a deal right now. If he thinks this card's gonna be that good, all of them for two dollars. You can decline uh, or accept. I would say I, I'm no, 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 no. This is everyone ever. This is he has to he has to put more. his money on the line. <laughs> hundreds of these. Hundreds. I, I I agree with Conley that it should not be limited to four. Um, however, I I'm not willing to uh, to take on that. You because, change a man's mind when you put money on the table. That's all I'm saying. Well, you guys can't is, shake on it, so it's not a real business deal. It is, it is purely for the fact that it is purely for the fact, Conley. Even if you were to lose money on the deal, just to like, just you could hold it over me for so long. It just no, no. <laughs> All right. And he would send him like, you know, like just like a paper envelope, yeah. like wrapped with and, a rubber band. And I only bet on yeah, things that are really, sure really poor. I, I, I didn't say not. bet. I, whoa, 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 I never said the word bet. I don't want to yeah, put he, that out there. Yeah. I'll get yelled at. Yeah, you can't say that. <laughs> if I were to take this deal, I would be betting on the value of the future card. And, be, and I, don't, I mean, that's what we're doing right now. We're just not putting anything on the line. We're still betting on the the value of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I'll, put me- my, mentally I'll put betting my, my reputation as as soil, you know, as as fresh and vindicated as it is coming off of the Frost Titan debate uh, on the line for the card. But you know, I I don't know. I don't think it's it's rare, right? So I mean, getting above two dollars is still, I think, going to be hard. 
So what what price would I you mean, want to take? I mean, that's too low because that's probably going to be at even if it's even if it craps out, it'll be like yeah, eight cents or something. I think two dollars is the right mark to put it at. I just don't. I just won't take it. <laughs> uh, call me a chicken. That's fine, but <laughs> I, I, I won't. Ben, Benny Smith did by did right, in fact it. have an interview with Tom Maw, and one of his questions is, "Do you share Conley's fondness for baby powder?" And Tom Maw said, <laughs> "I do not. Unfortunately, I'm pretty sure no one can be on the same level with Conley when it comes to baby powder. As a large man myself, this is Benny uh, quoting." As a large man myself, I can personally vouch for the usefulness of baby powder. Benny, I thought Jared Silva was supposed to be writing me, writing the too much information columns, TF. <laughs> so there's your there's your spoiler of what uh, the baby powder. <laughs> Sweet. All right, guys. Well, thank you, Carl. It's fun to have this group of people and i have to say for everybody wherever recording stuff everybody's using tonight it sounds You're great the raw I mean, the sound of my voice i know it's pleasurable i've tried to rein it in but <laughs> yeah we can actually it's like a lot yeah, of speakers you can, like feel it hitting your body <laughs> shaking you in the inside <laughs> all right guys thank you for listening again scars mirrodin looks to be a crazy set we're all very excited uh cheers to channel fireball we're very excited to join them and join us Every Monday for Monday Night Magic for and don't forget pretty the much the voices you're hearing right now. So thank you for listening. And the manuscript as well. Now and and may uh, the BME, you should probably say the correct email address to email you at, not the yes, email address for a different podcast. Yeah, because I keep thinking of all these podcasts I end up showing up on. So yeah, it, it is manuscript at gmail dot com. So if you want to send all the all the hate mail for for Jack <laughs> being on our podcast, you can send it directly there instead of to Jack. And send it directly there, and then we'll answer it for you. <laughs> you can send well, it thank to you, Jack, too, because, you know, he, he thrives on on your hate. Feed me your hate, everybody. I love it. It just Every time I open something for my hater, I laugh a little bit on the inside, and then I cry on the outside. But then I'll laugh again. Should it, we, it is, should we it read is the hate mail and close or is everybody too tired? I want to be oh, yeah, I do, you, to be do you want to read it, or do you want me to read it? This. All right, so. Oh, should, should I read it in the same voice I got mad the first time? Wonderful voice and a wonderful reading voice. So I'm going to hand this to you. I yes, yes, I do. That is the last time I try emailing you people while going over a name this with my is, artist this is and I am. Voice, by the way. Parentheses. Yeah. Okay. Yes, this is the latest Leon Phelps or the guy who sells Bait <laughs> Magazine in Armed and Dangerous. If you know, if you got that, kudos to you. Back to the email. Name is like an outline slash rough draft for a manga. So considering spelled with a T. How you hate manga? That was probably my first mistake with the little emoticon of. We got a little greater than symbol underscore greater than symbol voice now too. Mm, Yeah, I do not have one of those gay swamp royal inbreded and inbred is spelled I am then like like Brett like B R E A D E D Southern voices and that was actually meant M E N T to be a bit to Marcel parentheses. Still too lazy to go look up how his name is actually with one L spelled with two L's. Have you ever been to a counter fair? Question mark. Usually with one L, there is a hypnotist there that puts on a show by getting people up on stage and hypnotizing them. Well, the secret to it is the deep voice. Or so my uncle, I assume there's some sort of abuse going on here, who used to do it to paint something about deep voices and sounds tends to make people sleepy. And more open to suggestion. Of course, with no space, 
depending on the. That sounds like you're from Boston. (laughs) (laughs) It can't help it. I've I've lived so many places, like a chameleon. What I was trying to say was Ams. I'm not looking up how to spell it. I'm assuming he's referring to Marcel now. Voice is at the pitch where in extended periods with the. I how he tried to spell that of time causes a bit of hypnosis. Hypnosis is in putting to sleep. Period. 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 <laughs> and yes, Jack, your face is and crud, much like you. <laughs> oh God, this email. Last sentence, but it helps break and break is spelled B R A K E. Up the deep voice now, so that like doesn't put a lot of us this, to though, sleep. Even though he did insult me. He pointed out something that no other piece of hate mail has actually taken the time to do. I do serve a purpose on this podcast. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Can I just say how ludicrous his uh, hypnosis uh, assessment is? Yes. So I'm saying. I, I, I'm a psychology major. Hypnosis is a real yeah. thing. And the well, the tone of voice matters. Uh, there are plenty of people, women with, that do not have deep voices that do hypnosis. And it's more about this, the calming, soothing nature of the voice. And it being constant streamed and not being not having spikes and valleys in it um, that makes it work better and like I don't think it has anything to do with being deep. <laughs> yeah. So I would just like to point that out. In addition to spell check exists, like uh, it was actually created back in uh, I created it actually back in Nam. Uh, I was fighting off some <laughs> Charlies and I created spell check for the world deep. <laughs> And uh, I understand that sometimes it wouldn't catch words like break that were used incorrectly because he did technically spell break correctly, just not in the right the right usage of it. So I apologize for that. I'll be working on a new program called Idiot Check in the future. Uh, <laughs> yeah, or, or, this will be I'll create that this one during the next big war that we enter. Uh, but for right now, please use spell check. Uh, I put a lot of hard work into that while I was eating mangoes and pineapples in Nam. <laughs> Well, there, there, there actually is a program for you that will scan your emails before you send them out and assigns them like a chili pepper where if it seems to be very inflammatory, it will ask oh, you, nice. are you sure you want to send this? Maybe he's just yeah, which I thought was pretty attached cool. to his email. <laughs> now, see, this actually supports one of my theories. I really think so we that need was... to have a test in this country to see how intelligent you are before you use a computer. <laughs> I, think well, we lo- I think we for sure lost a listener, but oh well. I don't really oh, care. Oh well. Oh yeah, because we brought this email up on what? Now the last like, podcast. Now, now you sound like like uh, a flamboyantly gay guy who's being run over by a car. I know, but you failed oh, that. Time. I was trying to do the ladies' man. Again. Um, really, I'm the only one that can capture the ladies' man succulently, or capture the ladies succulently. But this podcast <laughs> has gone on way too long. <laughs> so, guys, thank you for listening. You can uh, send us emails. Um, all this, all this run through for everybody. We have. Conley, C-O-N-L-E-Y at mtgcast.com. We have Eric, who's E-R-I-C at mtgcast.com. And Eric, this is the first podcast you've ever been on. The T-H-E-W-A-C-H-M-A-N. So, bam. Ooh, he had it ready. He, like, snapped it. Like, boom, off the cuff. Go. Yeah. And uh, the BB, would, do you like your emails just to go yeah, to manuscrewed at gmail.com? Twitter is the BB. Also, my Twitter is Conley eighty one, okay, and, and you could send me things there, and I will probably reply to them more often than if you send me an email because I'm a busy, busy man. And I just bought StarCraft two because I figured I had a month and a week, and I'm going to be playing the hell out of that game. 
It is good. You have to you have to hit up Marcel. Marcel is and also Hector, um, who was called and I actually got to meet him. I played a few uh, co-op I mean, games. I mean, I haven't him. played it yet, so I probably Ridiculous. will be horrible at the beginning. Also, I had to choose between Halo Reach and StarCraft, and because I knew I knew if I was I knew if I got both, Sorry. I was only going to play one of them anyway. So I'm going to let the other one go down in price, hopefully. But uh, Halo Reach is also on on the top of my list. Let's see. Uh, Jack is Jack, Jack at, LaCroix at Twitter. Or oh, ugly well. crud. <laughs> or yeah, ugly, ugly, u- ugly and crud at, at mgcast.com. <laughs> and I can I uh, can I can I quickly go over this spoiler and, uh, that was just announced and it's pretty insane. Sure, we're only at an hour and a half. Tunnel, <laughs> sure. tunnel, Ignis, colorless and a red for a two-one. So we're already talking about a good card. Yeah, it, it, the guy looks like horrible, like creepy. rectal infection. A colorless and a red for a two-one elemental. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, if that at another land enter the battlefield under his or her control this turn, it deals three damage to that player. So you got a 2-1 two, for two that punishes fetch lands and ramp Fetch lands so. cost you four life now. So this guy could be a, a pretty good cyborg card if all the ramp decks and uh, you know everything like that persists. But it's rare as well, which kind of sucks. But anyway, the card was just spoiled, so I figured I would uh, pull a jack and let everyone know about it. <laughs> <laughs> jack! Spoiler sent. You just got night. jacked. Jacked! All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Where I'm cutting this one off because I need to be there in about five minutes. I have to get my mini pizza. But thank you for listening. Join us all on Monday. We'll keep bringing you about 25% magic content. Finally, time to rub one out. Other offensive material. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, everybody. Good night. Can't. uh...